swing a fly ball to right field. This one is deep. And it's gone! Home run! Walk-off winner for Alex Avila! Swing and a miss! He got him on strike! Oh, baby! You are listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Tiger Talk. What up, what up, what up, Tigers fans, and welcome to another edition of Tiger Talk. I'm Tony Garcia. Today I'm going to be joined by my fellow reporter, Richie Casalino. We got a lot of good stuff for you today. Um, first things first, the bullpen has been atrocious. Uh, the starters and uh, the top of the order are really the only uh, reason that the Tigers are still in it at this point. But there, there have been a bunch of nice surprises. Um First would be just how productive Rajay Davis has been. I mean, the guy's normally like a like a 260 career hitter, and he just came out on fire with the Tigers. His average has dipped a little bit around just below 280, currently sitting at 267. But he's stealing bases. He's uh, he's doing the little things. He's uh, hitting runners in when they're on, and uh, he's he's been uh, absolutely stellar for the Tigers and really everything they could ask for. Um there's, there's a bunch of little pieces this year that are kind of moving around and shifting into place uh, for uh, for the Tigers, that and they haven't really had that the past couple seasons. Another person would be J.D. Martinez, um, kind of playing a, a utility role in left. Um, kind of, he's kind of a, a platoon out there with uh, aforementioned Davis. And Martinez has been solid as well, although he's only played in a handful of games, maybe 20, 30 games for the Tigers this season. He's, he's hitting for some power. He's getting on base. And uh, he, ha- he hasn't had any, any major mental lapses, or, and it doesn't seem like the game is moving too fast for him, which can happen with guys who are younger. Um, also, uh, the backup for Alex Avila, Brian Holiday, has, uh, he's been nothing short of, short of solid this year. He's really doing a, a magnificent job. What's not the biggest role? He, he usually plays day games after Avila's night games, but, I mean, hitting 275. He's got a, got a double, triple, I mean, a few walks. Yeah, it could be worse for a backup catcher. Right, yeah, no. Holiday, Holiday does what he needs to do. I mean, he's not an all-star. He's not going to be an all-star anytime soon. But, I mean, when, when Avila gets beat up, Holiday is there to fill in for him. And that's honestly all that Avila needs is a day off for doing for a while. Absolutely. And um, the Tigers really looked like they were getting this thing rolling uh, this in the second game against Boston when it was uh, when it was the Scherzer Lester uh, kind of rematch. They they already had one game this year where they pitched against each other, and it was Both the pitchers' duel games. that everyone expected. I'm sorry. Both great games. Yeah, absolutely, they were, but in in both uh, both in different ways. That that first one, I'm sure you remember, was the pitchers' duel uh, oh, with yeah. Scherzer coming out on the better end, one zero, and uh, and the. And Lester really wanted he wanted some revenge, but the Tigers were having none of that, and they jumped all over him early. Oh yeah, I mean it was, uh, nice, it was nice to see the Tigers best wake up. Especially we've had issues with the bottom of our lineup, and but this was this was the day that was fueled by the bottom of the lineup. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, other than uh, when Vic, Victor and uh, Cabrera went back to back doubles and 
in in the in the first inning to to get the scoring going, and then Tory singled them in, and all three with were with two outs, which I think is something that needs to be mentioned because at the beginning of the season when things were going well, Tory Hunter, Rajay Davis, Austin Jackson, all these guys were getting the two out hits that they haven't been getting recently, and three two out hits to get two early runs against Leicester, I think was absolutely huge. And then that like, was our secret in 2013 was two out hitting, especially late in games when pressure was on. And that's what happened earlier that game. I know, and and we had the two best uh, in the game to do it. Maybe it, with Cabrera and Victor, Who, who's better than those guys with with I, either clutch hitting or two out hitting. So I still can't tell who's the better player this year in 2014. Is it Martinez or Cabrera? Because every once in a while, Cabrera looks good, but Martinez always seems to show him up on the field. Yeah, you know what? And I love that we are having a trouble uh, making that call on who's having the better season because both of them get to wear the old English D. And luckily, they're they're crushing for us and not against us. Absolutely. And but yeah, uh, back to back to the bottom of the lineup. Who who finally produced in in this game? Uh, Castellanos with a home run. Uh, Suarez, who we're about to talk about in a second, with a with a home run. And then I mean I mean it just went on and on. Then I mean then Kinsler did the thing, yada yada. And the Tigers ended up winning eight to, eight to six. But to get to get the bottom of the lineup going is going to be huge. And I think. Suarez may we may have found something with Suarez, or at least he's gonna get. I think he's gonna get his shot in uh, Romine's spot. What do you think? Oh yeah, I, I, Suarez is getting a shot right now, and I think he's pretty much making the most of it. And Romine, I mean, we can go back to what we said that feeling doesn't go away, feeling ability doesn't go away. But at the same time, Suarez is doing the job at the plate too. It took him what three at bats to get his first career home run, and it took Romine, I think, what close to two hundred two hundred thirty-six is the actual stat there, Tony. Wow! Wow, that's a that, that's a nice number that you pulled up there, but I mean, right, I'm, I'm on the ball today. <laughs> it's just, it's like like you say, if if they're both going to be pretty comparable in the field, um, I mean, neither of them are an above average fielder. I hear that Suarez has some consistency to work on with the accuracy of his arm, but I hear his range is above average. Which yeah, you you could see it in his double plays, especially against Boston late in that game. He turned a couple of nice ones. Yeah, no, he's he certainly did, and I mean, I mean, he's fluid. He kind of has a he has a, a Jose Iglesias feel. I mean, he's got a little swagger there. <laughs> he does. I mean, and plus, Romine in the season he has seven errors. I know there's a lot of pressure on the kid, but you, you can't keep making bad mistakes with the field. It's just not going to keep you your job. No, no, you can't. And uh, and those are all the guys who who are kind of at the bottom of the lineup and at the end who who the Tigers are really going to need. Uh, I mean, throughout the rest of the season, to, to if they want to get anywhere that they're hoping to go, and right. kind and a kind of parallel to that, is, I would say, is is the bullpen. I mean, the top of the lineup for the batting is getting it done. Starters, for the most part, getting it done. And then as soon as you get to the bottom of that lineup, the back end of those seven, eight, nine innings, the bullpen. I mean, what what happens there? Yeah, I, you're right. Castiano's bats, I think, six most of the time. He fluctuates between you know what kind of. Uh, handed pitcher he's facing, but Castellanos for the last Boston series, and he did it against Boston in the first series, he, he went 10 for his last 16 at-bats in the Boston series. I mean, that's that's a pretty good stat. He pumped Scorching. his up probably about 30 points. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I was I I noticed that he was he was really hitting the ball well. He had, a, I think he had three, three hit games in a row, but I mean, I, I, I hadn't pieced it together that he was hitting over 500 against the defending world champs. That's a, a solid series. So he's young, but I think 
the power that he has, plus the fact that he can move Miguel Cabrera back to first base where he doesn't have to worry about that darn hamstring of his all the time, it just makes it easier on Cabrera and gives you know a little bit of confidence to know that he can go yard when he needs to and when he has the ability to. It just depends on the day. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, th- I think the, the addition of Castellanos not only made us better defensively, but also offensively. From in a, from a defensive standpoint, meaning Cabrera doesn't have to do as much on one end and and, and can uh, use more of his his mental focus. Which I mean, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like LeBron James. We're in the NBA Finals right now. Everybody says uh, Miguel Cabrera. He just thinks about the game at a different level. And I mean, if you can take any uh, like even an iota of stress off of his psyche, I mean, imagine how much more he can do. Yeah, it doesn't. Regardless, it doesn't matter because Cabrera keeps injuring that hamstring. It's always an issue. But yeah, it, it is. Um, he's he's actually currently day to day. Um, uh, what what do you think he's? Do you think that Brad Ausmus should uh, pull the string? And I mean, it's only June. Maybe I mean, sit him for a day, sit him for two, let let him get it right, or sit him for sit him for a day, sit him for three days, five days. It doesn't matter. I think there's not going to be a prolonged injury for Cabrera, but. Why take the risk? I don't think Austin wants to be run out of town so early in his career at the Tigers for faking one bad move with Cabrera and having him out for the rest of the year. Certainly. And, I mean, Jim Leland caught a lot of flack for that at the end of last season. Um, Albeit, even through August, September, the Tigers had a a few-game lead. It was never comfortable. And then Cleveland came inching back more than inching back they came charging back with that unbelievable September they had and and so there was never really that that cushion to rest Cabrera and and then you saw his numbers just absolutely deplete when October came around so I mean, I'm sure Cabrera wants to play too I'm sure he's going up to Smith just like he went to Leland and said you know I want to be in put me in certainly he's uh he's one of the most competitive guys on the field uh no one loves the game like him and I mean it's what, and not to mention he's the best player. So yeah, that helps too. Yeah. All right, we've been talking about the fun stuff. Let's get to to the problem. You you know where I'm going with this. Oh, I think I do. Okay, I want you to I want you to share enlighten enlighten the folks with those with those ninth inning stats that you were okay. sharing with me. So if you've been watching the Tigers with at least one eyeball of yours in the past two weeks, maybe two months, you've seen that the bullpen needs a little bit more of their help. Uh, we've we've been talking about uh, ninth inning statistics uh, for the opponents. In the ninth inning, Detroit as a team has given up 44 runs, which is the worst in the MLB. They combined to a team average of 7.71 ERA, which is an MLB worst, and also allowing a 3.30 batting average, which is an MLB worst. So the Tigers have more than a little bit of problems I think in the ninth inning, it's become catastrophic to use a fanciful adjective there, Tony. What do you think? You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb, and I don't have any statistics in front of me, but I'm going to say that there has never been a World Series winner in the history of the major leagues that has the worst bullpen. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's even a stretch to say that. How many teams can have started pitching and then blow it apart in the ninth inning and come back to win? You know where we saw that in the 2013 ALDS, right? Yeah, I, with uh, with with Big Poppy gave us a little reminder of that last night. He was doing, he was trying to give Detroit a little deja vu, albeit it was in Detroit in the ninth, not Boston in the eighth. However, 
the gut-wrenching feeling was still right there. Just him taking another one uh, from, from, a hanging, from a hanging slider. Uh, yep. From the and that's bullpen. a conversation that we will probably get to in a few minutes is the Nathan versus Chamberlain one. But I think the bullpen as a whole has a whole lot of cleaning up to do, a whole lot of retinkering to do with what they're going to deal with in the ninth inning. Because it, it just can't stay this way. It can't be a near 8 ERA, the team average, in the final inning of the game. Certainly, certainly. So let's each throw out a few suggestions. What I had said before Jabba, I mean, one 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 save opportunity, one blown save. Oh, actually, I think he had three before this last uh, save opportunity this past weekend against Boston, where he where he blew it and the Tigers lost five to three. Um, I think he had a few more opportunities. He was two for three in those. So. Taking though, stepping aside from those at the beginning of the year, starting thinking of him as a closer, I'm thinking of him as a closer starting on Sunday. One bone save, okay, not the end of the world. But why would you put him in that position when he's been so stellar as an eighth inning guy? Just a week ago, I was saying to just yesterday, I was saying to put him in the closer's role. I'm clapping him out as he walks out from the bullpen. I'm I'm just <laughs> licking my chops. I'm coming for Osmus' job. I'm like, all right, I'm on top of this. And then I see why I'm not Brad Osmus because boom, 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 and they <laughs> lose. So I'm gonna say, don't go with him. But Nathan's not the option. I've said that from day one. Nathan, it will. He's not the closer, at least not every day. Well, that's a good. That brings up a good point. So Nathan's not the closer. Chamberlain's not getting the job done either. After a couple, a couple iffy saves and a couple blown saves. So who's your guy? Is it Hanrahan? You see none of them in 2014. Yeah, exactly. And that's true. And my knock, my knock on Nathan is he's coming off of uh, coming off of a surgery, and he's a little older. So like, wh- where's the consistency consistency going to be? Is is he going to have a dead arm? What's the deal? I would be I would be um, talking out of both sides of my mouth if I was trying to say something different with Hanrahan, who is also coming off of surgery. However, in 2012, he was one of the best closers in the game. He's not quite as seasoned as as Nathan, to put it politely. He still has a hundred saves in the bigs. I mean, I think he. Why would you not give the guy a shot? This that's why you signed him. Yeah. Well, you've seen you see Tommy John surgery all the time. It's getting bigger and bigger in the MLB, but. Even you see it with Joe Nathan's stats. In 2011, he was with the Twins, and they was coming back from Tommy John surgery. And Nathan pitched, besides this year, the worst year of his career, got demoted from the closing position to the relief pitcher because he just couldn't do it. And I don't like to assume anything of Hanrahan until we've seen him, but I don't think a guy who's 32 years old, I mean, maybe I'm overestimating his age, but he's not young. He's shown above average potential at the closer position. I think we're going to see another sort of Nathan-style Nathan pitching where he's okay some games, not good others, but he's not going to be the closer, I, I think. That's just me, again, talking with absolutely no proof of Panerhan. I haven't seen him at all this year. But uh, I don't think that the Tigers have any other option but to just you know, keep chugging with Nathan. That's, uh, that's an unfortunate kind of realization to come to i mean it's not good i hear you i hear you. the way i see it we we got four we got four setup man hanrahan could be a setup guy nathan could be a setup guy chamberlain could be a setup guy and albuquerque could be a setup guy there there's no other i mean nathan is closer by trade but at this stage of his career probably shouldn't be i am it's thrilled enlightened ecstatic 
amazed that you just told me that um, Nathan has um, been demoted from the closer's role before to uh, a setup man. I didn't, I didn't even know that that had happened in his career. And now that I know it has, I couldn't push for it anymore. Please, Brad, please. <laughs> well, and even and 2015 is very far away. But if Chamberlain stays on the Tigers and Hanrahan and Nathan stay on the Tigers, you got Ron Doan coming back in 2015. You're going to have five different setup guys with you got to have auditions at a certain point to just say who's going to be the consistent person to get the final three out in an inning that's just been plagued with absolutely horrible play by the Tigers. I know. And, and the more we talk about this, the more, the more angered I become because why does one of these guys not just want to step up and take the role? They're all above average major league relievers with above average stuff. Albuquerque's arguably Hall of Fame potential, you know? He's played so many years. I think he should be. I mean, I remember watching him just absolutely... Joe Nate, when you heard Joe Nathan was coming in to the game back in like 04, 05, it, it had a similar, not quite same effect as like a Mariano Rivera or Trevor Hoffman. I mean, right. the, the game was over. The game was over. Yeah, he was a per, yeah, perennial all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Or was perennial. Yeah. I hope, he's, I hope it's not over, but... I mean, I wrote an article about it. it. hasn't come out yet about this same issue, and it's Chamberlain's been okay. He's been great in like setup role, but it's I think it's all about confidence more than any other position in baseball. It's a head game for the closer role, but you know, Java. You don't want to destroy Java's confidence because he's an eighth inning setup guy. That's what he's been in the last few years, and he's been good at it. Nathan is the closer. He has confidence in that role, maybe. But I think if you put in Chamberlain, you're going to destroy his confidence with a couple more blown saves. He's got nothing left. Nathan's getting, you know, sitting on the bench watching his team lose because he's not in that game. Can't feel good. And <laughs> and then you lose, and then he loses his confidence because that he's not in the game. And then I mean, it's a vicious, it's a vicious cycle. I absolutely yeah. see it. Which is why it's unfortunate that you have to work backwards in the sense that because Jabba's not messing up the eighth, that's where you need to start. And then work around there. I wish there were a closer that were solid, and then you piece together getting there. Because when you have the middle relief to work out, that eventually throughout the season, lefty righty matchups with with hitters, AL NL, blah blah blah, right. you usually figure it out. But when the ninth inning guy is the problem, and not just a problem, a major league worst, not a playoff contending worst, not an AL Central worst, the worst in the bigs, ERA batting average, all that, I mean, red flag, red flag, red flag. Right, yeah. So I guess the only option left is to bring back Jose Valverde. That's what Tony <laughs> decided. All right. Let, yeah, let's get the Mets on the phone. Um, we'll, we'll see what we can do. But I think they'll give him away at this point. I don't know how many teams want him. Yeah, yeah, yeah seriously. I think I think they released him. I, don't, I, I believe he is unemployed currently. Is he unemployed? I knew they, they brought him down to AAA at a certain point. But you know what? The less Jose Valverde news I hear, it just makes my day so much better. Yeah, it certainly does. Even after all of this. Um, there's been a bunch of bad guys in the bullpen. We've m- made that clear. Someone who, who might be turning the corner. I say might. I raise my voice. I, right. I walk. I tiptoe a line. Is... Phil Coke, he has. Whoa! All right. All I right, know. Well, I hear it. Check this out. Over his last four appearances, two thirds of an inning, no, no earned runs. Two thirds of an inning, no earned runs. One inning, one run. One in a third innings, no runs. 
four four outings in a row, a total of four innings pitched, one earned run, three strikeouts, and no walks. That's you know what, and I have to sound nice. That the Phil Coke of a week and a half ago, which was slider hitting the dirt every other pitch, compared to Phil Coke against Boston hitting the mitt, looked uh, uh, quite a bit different. And I, you know what, you might be right. I wish you were. I hope you are. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to find the, the silver lining out here. Maybe, maybe it's Jabba and Joe blow it by the everyday Joe Nathan, making him look so good, but. It was it was it was a nice change of pace to see Phil get out of an get out of a, uh, an appearance unscathed. For yeah, for, it was. And you know what I'm curious at here? It means very little because most of the time Phil Coke has brought in non-pressure situations recently. But yeah. the, the last ten games Phil Coke has made an appearance in, the Tigers are one and nine in those games. No kidding. Yep, it's absolutely true. Wow. Okay. Now it, it should be noted that those games. Three of those games, the Tigers lost two to eight, zero to ten, and two to nine. So, you know, for some of them, he's not brought in situations that are they important. they weren't in the game to to begin with when he when right. he entered exactly. He's just a fill-in pitcher besides Danny Worth and the knuckleball, but other than that, there's some games that he's useful. But I don't know, bad luck maybe just follows the guy. I hope he's turning the corner because it's every pitcher that we have is somebody who's going to be useful. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, the numbers on the year aren't pretty. We're hoping he's turning a corner. We're we're trying to be optimistic. Now, I it, think if if the bullpen stays, and this will probably be my final word on this, but if the bullpen stays this bad, I think you give Ian Kroll a shot. You, you got to pull out all the stops. Whoa! But in the end, I think Mason has has to step up. It's, it's just that yeah. simple. You're paying the guy nine million dollars. Yes, he has to do it. Yeah, it comes. It comes down to him stepping up, not someone else taking his role. He needs right. to get the job done. Yep. So, I don't know if you were tracking the. Were you tracking the major league draft at all this past week? I'm sorry. Were you uh, Were you paying any attention to the major league draft this past week? And I, w- I was going to ask you, had you heard anything about the Tigers' uh, first round draft pick, Derek Hill? I heard a little bit about Derek Hill. You know what I heard a lot more about was Johnny Manziel, which is something I don't care about at all. So, uh, yeah. uh, you know what? That's yeah. That's got to be the most frustrating <laughs> thing, for lack of a better word. It is really just a thing that's frustrating. Yeah, just is, just yeah. the aspect and the concept of of the Padres only drafting Manziel in what was it was either the twenty seventh or twenty eighth rounds. I mean, I could get drafted in the twenty eighth round. Oh yeah. And it's is a to, it's a total PR stunt and it takes away from with the rest of these guys who I mean I have buddies who were drafted this year. I mean I, I'm tracking like the Derek Hills of the world and all the and uh like Spencer Turnbull, the the right hander out of Alabama who the Tigers also took in the second round. Right. Um I'm, I'm like I'm tracking all these guys who've who've worked so hard and they care about it. Johnny Manziel hasn't picked up a baseball other than a couple first pitches he's thrown on on his t- little tour, and and that's the that's the news of the MLB draft. Who's trying to get their draft to be like of notoriety, like the NBA or NFL? And yeah, I mean, it turns into a fashion show and just like a, a highlight reel for people who aren't gonna play. It doesn't matter, but you're gonna throw their names in because it gives your team a little headline. Absolutely, and it grinds my gears. Separately from that, I am a Johnny football fan, and I actually do kind of like the guy and what he's about, but that's another story for another day. I want to get back to Derek Hill because I have heard 
nothing but this guy might be the best pick in the first round. Like biggest steal, biggest upside. These these are the thing these are the quotes I've heard. Detroit Tigers draft the best center fielder in high school since Torrey Hunter. He's currently committed to play at the University of Oregon. Uh, he draws comparisons to guys like St. Louis Cardinals center fielder Peter Borges and Atlanta Braves center fielder B.J. Upton, who are both known to cover a lot of ground. He was the number 20th prospect in the majors. Uh, 29 games as a senior, he hit 500, 18 extra base hits, 21 stolen bases. So, I mean, the guy, and, and probably my favorite stat, his 60-yard dash, 644. Wow. Yeah, those are some pretty good numbers and some pretty good names to be considered with. B.J. Upton, even Tory Hunter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and everyone was expecting the Tigers to uh, I mean, to address this this bullpen situation and kind of draft and draft some young pitching. But I mean, uh, apparently Illich was it was it was just a best available type situation. I mean, best yeah. center fielder since Tory Hunter. That's almost twenty years ago when he was in high school. And I mean. That defines once in a generation every twenty years. So yeah, I think I trust Dombrowski and Illich absolutely with you know the prospects that they bring up because they do such a good job with them. And uh, I mean, this is what Derek Hill was taken number twenty two, twenty three, I believe. Twenty three, twenty three, and that's the high, I think that's the highest pick probably since Castellanos, because usually Detroit doesn't get very high picks in the MLB draft just with how well they're doing in the recent yep. years. I, yeah, I believe he, Castellanos was twenty two or twenty three as well. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be, obviously, it's going to be a few years. Our farm system is, you know, turns out a good prospect every three or four years. Let's be honest. But, I mean, given time, we have Jackson, but, you know, Jackson always falls off the end at least one point in the season. Yeah. Give him a chance. I love that 500 number in the year. You know what? That's a pretty good average. Yeah. Yeah, no matter no matter what level you're playing in. And what are we – like we've been talking about the bullpen, what are we gonna do with them, and like uh, all all these different issues. But like Austin Jackson, this guy is. I want to give him the Rick Porcello treatment. This guy, he he's no longer this young kid. It's like like, like Porcello. Like you, what? he's now like a he's now like a five year six. This might be his fifth year pitching. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little off track. But Jackson's now been on the Tigers for four four years at least, with a year on like part of a year on the Yankees. He's not a new kid on the block. He should. I mean, when we traded for him at this point, the theory was he was going to be an All Star. Right. So yeah, what? No, you're right. He's 27 now. That's not a kid. You know, you're you're pretty close to an adult. You're teaching the kids how to play at that point. He's. What Austin's problem was when he was a rookie was that his strikeouts were ridiculously high. You saw it, especially in the playoffs. He went, what, three for, I don't remember the stat here. I think it was three for 33 at-bats yeah. in uh, the ALDS and ALCS. And I think I got like 18 strikeouts. That's off the top of my head, but it was bad. Yeah. And, I mean, we complain about, like, guys like, like Avila not not getting on base enough when he's hitting 213, yet Avila's on base percentage is 335, and Austin Jackson's is only 316. And he's the one who can steal base. I mean, he's not the best base runner instinct-wise and everything, but he's quick. He's fast, and, I mean, he's he's a better base runner than Avila. So why is it that someone who can't get infield hits like Alex Avila – has a has a higher on base percentage and JD Martinez just 301 just a shade lower and he's a he plays every third game and 
is inconsistent just in the sense that he doesn't have a chance to get in his rhythm because he's a role player. Right. Why said, is it I acceptable mean, for Jackson? Compare, to... I'm going to guess compare Austin Jackson's slugging percentage to Avila's slugging percentage because at least Avila knows that it's better to put the bat on the ball and just see what happens than you know swing to the fences every time because that's what Austin Jackson's problem is. Yeah. No. But I mean, at, at the same time, I mean Jackson's average right right now it's still early in the year, but Jackson's average is three points above the lowest in his career. Uh, on base percentage is the lowest in his career. He's not been doing what he needs to do. He's a great fielder. He has range, especially with Rajai there. And now you're right with the added threat of Rajai Davis and all the other speedy guys on the base path. You can tell Ozis isn't afraid to send, you know, people like Martinez, people like Jackson, people like maybe not Avila, but people who you wouldn't expect to steal. Yeah, even Castellanos got his first steal the other day. I mean, yeah, yeah there's no there's no fear in Osmus, which is why. With, with, and and that's not a problem. Like all the time, you'll watch. Uh, like I I can think of multiple occasions in which I've watched someone Kinsler, for example, try to stretch a single into a double, or Davis after stealing second trying to steal third and getting thrown out. And I mean that's okay. We ha- I my guess is the Tigers have scored more runs by being too aggressive than they have gotten runs taken off the board the board by getting thrown out. And it's it's so refreshing to see. It's off topic, but it's so refreshing to see Rajay Davis with the speed to turn a single into a stolen base, and that's two, and then just steal. Well, I don't even know what his percentage is at this point, but the odds that when he's in first base that he will get to third is probably over 50%. The guy is ridiculous. He'll steal second usually. He, what, who was he playing against when he uh, stole second or stole third base? What, As the pitcher got the ball back from the catcher. I think, was that in Oakland? Was that in that Oakland series, or it might have been the series before in Cleveland? Yeah, no, I think it was, because I think it was against, uh, oh, God, I'm going to forget his name now. It was uh, the relief for Sonny Gray. But, yeah, you're right. I think it was against Oakland. Re- regardless, a ridiculous play. It's totally heads up, all on him. And that won us the game. C- certainly did. And, I mean, it's... That going back to we we touched on it for ju- just a quick second. Uh, trusting like Illich and Dombrowski when they mainly Dombrowski when they when they sign these guys out of high school or college, what have you, or make these moves. I mean, it's like, the, the, oh my God, Prince Fielder's leaving, and and Ian Kinsler's he too old is like now Prince is gonna go in the short porch. He's gonna hit forty home runs. I mean, and then what happens? I all separately from the injury, take Prince's injury totally out of consideration and say he's putting up the best numbers he's ever done. Who cares? Kinsler is producing more in a Tigers uniform than Fielder did. If you're getting pluses in your own organization with all the trades you make, you continue to go open up. And I will never question Dabrowski. I won't. No, I don't I won't either. And it's simple. I think it's just that Kinsler cares more. Fielder just seems like the guy is happy to make a paycheck and if we lose the ALCS, I okay. I know he was going through personal issues, but Kinsler seems that he didn't didn't end well in the Rangers organization. It didn't end as friendly as it could have been, and he was motivated to play for the Tigers. And that's what happens when you're motivated. You hit 330, and you do what he did in the first two months of the year. Absolutely, and not ending well is is kind of an understatement. I mean, Kinsler left uh, Texas with a fire lit under him. I mean, he was kind of like a like a Michael Young for them almost. Like the the fan the fans for a, for a certain extent uh, and for a certain while adored Ian Kinsler, and he was a like he was a household name there. He played multiple All Star games. Like him and Michael Young, like they, they just tore it up. 
and then and 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 Kinsler felt like he did he did so much for Texas moving from short to second over to third back to second and they even asked him to play first base and he was just like you know what no I'm I'm a, I'm a middle infielder I'm willing to do all this to a certain extent and he just felt like he wasn't being appreciated enough right so yeah, I, well I mean at the Kinsler was I mean the guy he said that he wasn't happy with being the guy who had to teach the rookies you know their place how to run their lives as an MLB player at that point. And and Kinsler's fans, when he left, a lot of the people were saying, watch out, I'm so happy Kinsler's gone. Look out for the Kinsler pop-up. That's what all the Kinsler does is pop out. Little short pop-out to the infield. And I haven't seen that. At least it's early, but I'm glad that we haven't seen apparently Texas's Kinsler's trademark pop-out. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a I've seen a 300 hitter who for the first two months of the year was leading the majors in uh, multi-hit games and just hitting doubles and RBIs from the top of the order. And I, I mean that yeah, I'll let Texas fans be Texas fans with that one, and yeah. they can they can stick with Prince Fielder on the bench. But and the issue ends with uh, I never across Illich's organizations that he owns. I I never doubt the moves that he makes because you know what 99 times out of 100 they turn out to be exactly what their team needs they certainly do they certainly do that was most of what i had to get off of my chest i feel i feel a, a good bit better i've i've now ranted i'm probably yeah, scaring the, people the, the, but it worked i think we uh we did a lot of good things today our heart rate is down We've, uh, but i think you know what even if we we fret about the bullpen and lack of production. In the end, Tigers are going to win the AL Central. Unless something major happens to this team. They're yeah. going to cruise into the playoffs. Yeah. I think they're going to go pretty far. This team's got a whole different look to them than they did in 2013, and just maybe, you know, it, possibility for World Series. But, uh, you know, far away. Yeah. I mean, couldn't couldn't agree more. They're, they're pretty much going to just waltz into this playoffs. But, we're, well, we can make this the last, the last little point to touch on. That's no longer going to get it done. I'm, I am not content with that as a Tigers fan, and nor, and I, I, I don't know, I don't know you terribly well. However, my guess is that you are not content with that as a Tigers fan. Nor is anyone listening to this. Tony, I have known you for about four days, but I know that both of us are very happy with World Series championship or bust. It, there's so many people on this team with one-year contracts. I think it's time. Exactly, and so that's why. Yes, the bullpen's issues are early. Maybe they're not going to linger, but since that's been pretty much what's holding us back from it, again, it, it's it's a little difficult to sleep easy at night knowing that it's a very similar problem. And the, I think like the bullpen is almost more important. Like obviously, you can't be than a starter, but in the it's something changes in the playoffs. Relievers don't give up runs. They just don't unless they're wearing an old English D. It's just uh. <laughs> There's something about Comerica Park, I'll tell you. At least something wearing that Detroit logo that just I think maybe it's just we demand too much and we're so used to a success and even at twenty twenty ten, twenty eleven Belverde being perfect, yep. maybe spoiled us for quite a few years. Yep. We demand perfection and that's something that is important. Yeah, I don't know of unless you're the Yankees, I don't know of any organization complaining about ALCS World Series ALCS appearances. I mean, right. the Tigers have been the elite; they still are. 
That's not going to change. We just want the final results. That's yep. all it is. And that, that's it. All right, boss. Well, thank you for taking the time to speak with me today on the Tigers. A lot of good stuff. Uh, appreciate it. We will be back yeah, no, soon. Tell you, I, I might make a trip up there to East Lansing. I feel like uh, this little discussion went well. Yeah, we I, learned a lot. Cer- certainly did. Yeah, no, I I really appreciate it. you. Let me in on a few on a few nice stats. I mean, nice meaning uh, ugly with the one in nine Phil Coke appearances and all those league leading ninth inning stats. But great stuff. Excellent job. Until next time, I'm Tony Garcia.